0: Before I bring our guest up today, I want to invite you to take your Bible and let's go to Psalm 67 for just a moment. So if you've got a a paper Bible or one electronically, Psalm 67. Uh, Next week, we'll be back in 1 Corinthians and we'll start 1 Corinthians chapter 8 next week as we are going to start a new series called Selfless. But this morning, Psalm 67 is where I want us to draw our attention for just a moment. The psalmist writes, picking up in verse 1, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Verse 3, he says, let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and, and guide the nations upon earth. Verse 5, he says, Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase, God. Our God shall bless us. God shall bless us and let all the ends of the earth fear him. You know, this is one of my favorite psalms and it's it's really a, a missionary psalm. I, I like to call it, it's a psalm of missional blessing because what you see in verse 1 is what we often all pray God bless us, right? I mean, don't we, we pray prayers of blessing? Lord bless us, heal us, you know, help us. Those are all fine to pray. All those things are okay to pray about. Like God bless us. We want to be a blessed people. Amen. Amen. Okay. More to my right than to my left, but we want to be a blessed people. Amen. Amen. Okay, good. Now that, that section got it a little bit there too. All right. Waking you up here for a second, but yeah, I mean, we want to be blessed. That's okay. But notice the blessing doesn't stop in verse 1. The purpose of God blessing you is not just to bless you. Right? So the, the blessing God gives never is intended to stop with you. Because notice the psalmist says that, you know, blame, may God be gracious to us, bless us, make his face shine upon us. Verse 2, that your way may be known on earth. Your saving power among the nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. And so God blesses you, wants to bless you, so that you then will extend that blessing to someone else so that they may come to know Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And so we see in this psalm a prayer of missional blessing that God bless us so we may bless others, that the nations, that all peoples all over the world, every tribe, tongue, and nation, will honor you and praise you, God, for the God in which you are. And, you know, before Jesus left this earth and now sitting at the right hand of God waiting to come back again, he gave the disciples what we call the Great Commission, a commission in Matthew chapter 28. It's also in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, it's just written a little differently. John 2021, 20, written a little differently. But in Matthew 28, he says, "Go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them." In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe the word of God that I have commanded. Mark 16, 15, go into the world and preach the gospel. John 20, 21, as the Father has sent me, I send you. And so we see that we are sent people. We are called people. God is calling us all to be a part about seeing people come to know Christ, not only in our local community, but literally around the world. And so we're really excited this morning uh, to have DaX and Rebecca Sharp with us. Uh, many of you know them. Uh, if you've been here for a while, uh, he was on staff here years and years ago as our youth uh, pastor. but again, uh, this morning we want to welcome them in. They're going to share a little bit about what's happening in South Asia and how we can engage in that process as well. So let's welcome Dax and Rebecca this morning. You guys want to take a seat? Well, good to have you back for service hey, too. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and so thank you so much for being here. Um, some some folks know you guys if they've been here for a while, and then there's a lot of folks that, uh, especially in this service, they're they're, they're not going to know you at all. So if you don't mind, <laughs> tell us a little bit about who you are, the family, and, and so just we can make up whatever we want, you want. You can do whatever you want to do. Since you have made up names right now, yeah. shoot, you know, go for it. <laughs> so.
1: so we are Dax and Rebecca, and we have six kids, ages ranging from 6 to 14. And we live and serve in South Asia. And for those of you who are like, well, where is South Asia? Um, with our organization, it is the countries that comprise of Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, Nepal, Bhutan, Sri Lanka, and the Maldives. Man,
0: so six kids. So when you guys travel, how's that like?
1: (laughs) You get lots of stairs. Yeah. (laughs) Lots
2: of stairs and lots of people counting. I think as a dad, that's the fun part, is when they go, one, two, (laughs) three, four, five. And they look at me and go, all yours. <laughs>
0: yep. All mine. Yeah. <laughs> A
2: lot of fun. So we're fun. that family when you go to board an airplane that we get ushered in front of you. So right, so right. Yeah. If you don't like us, we're those people.
0: Yeah. So I mean, in the in your part of the world, like, is um, big families common in that way, or or is it you know kind of the yeah the counting like trying to figure that out or. <laughs> is that is that fairly um, common? Not
1: common. Um, most people have one, two kids max.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Well, very good. So, well, we want to welcome, and you guys have been in South Asia for how many years? I know you've been on the mission field for a, a, a while in different spots. So, kind of take us
1: through that. So, we've been in South Asia about twelve years. Um, for those of uh, those of you who have known us for a long time. Um, I did a term as a single for two years, and then we went together um, to Africa for four years and then have been in South Asia since, but we've been on the field about a total of 18 years.
0: Awesome. Yeah, well, thank you. And and they're with our International Mission Board. I forgot to say that, but you see that uh, there on the screen. And, you know, this is one of the things that I love about being a part of a Southern Baptist denomination. You know, I've, I've shared my story. I didn't grow up Southern Baptist, grew up uh, in the Methodist denomination. And one of the reasons I chose Southern Baptist was because of this, the way that we do missions and what we call the cooperative program. Uh, and so it's neat to be able to connect uh, with missionaries who are, who are there. And, and as a church, I think sometimes for us to remember, when you tithe on a Sunday morning uh, here at Heights, if you're new with us, we give away 10% of our general offering into mission work. And so, simply, just simple math for you this morning if, if you give a dollar, 10 cents of that is, is going out the door uh, to missions. And, and this is why uh, you guys are here in the States not to raise money right and i know some you know in some denominations missionaries have to come off the field to, to raise their support but you guys are, are fully supported through Southern Baptist and Lottie Moon Christmas offering and international mission boards because of giving like this and so you're here to see family and, and kind of take time you know on a break is that you know you want to follow up with that any anyway or
2: well, yeah, we don't come and ask for money because you guys are doing that. And we want to make sure that you guys know and other Southern Baptist churches that are giving to that, that you see someone that your money's putting on the field. Um, and so that from that end, like, we're just super excited to be here. We Unfortunately, we don't get to like, take a six-month vacation. It would be great, but <laughs> this doesn't happen that way. Um, so yeah, we're here to, because of the time we spent on the field, we're back to check on family but also just to reconnect like this is heights is home we transitioned um sorry that this predates you even even Lee. but like as we got ready to go and, and even think through was this what god was calling us to um i see several faces that were here with us at that time um we asked the ministry that we were a part of here at heights you guys basically vote like do you see god working this way um, and so it was. A, it was a, for us. It was. It was a church affirming what we saw God doing awesome. um, in, in our life. And so we just kind of like we're we're an extension of Heights
0: right overseas. So, awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so let, let's kind of talk about that a little bit because sometimes in some people's minds they think, well, there's. I mean, there's so much work to be done here. You know, locally, there's in our state, our nation, and of course around the world. But but why should we send people to where you know South Asia, where you are, when when not everybody here is saved in America. So what what would you kind of encourage people along this morning on that? If that's kind of maybe a mindset.
2: You know, the reality for us as we see God's word, God didn't tell us to take the gospel and hold on to it for ourselves. It was something that we give away just as Christ gave it away in his death, burial and resurrection. Like he didn't do that just for the 12 disciples. It wasn't just for the people of Jerusalem or Judea. That same direction has been given to us as followers of Christ. If you call Christ your Lord and your King this morning, that's something that he's given us. And we recognize the U.S. is a, is a different place right now. Um, like we're going through and our kids, our, our kids don't really, con- they don't know America anyway, so they're still really confused <laughs> about what happens here. But even Rebecca and I, like we're looking at things in the States going, wow, this is different. Like even we were here four and a half years ago, this is a different ball game. And so we're not saying, what we want you to say, we're not saying like that there's not people that are, that are here that don't need to hear. Like there are people here that need to hear. There is a lot of work around the world, though. So as you look just at, at South Asia, um, our hearts are, are stirred for the losses there. You know, when, when I jump in a taxi that, you know, I landed in an airport, jumped in a taxi to get to where I was going. It was 2 o'clock in the morning, so I asked the taxi driver, hey, can I tell you a story about my life? <laughs> He's like, well, of course, <laughs> it's two o'clock in the morning. There's, you know, there's cars everywhere, but sure, I'll listen to this. So I just did my quick three-minute, like, story about, hey, man, I grew up in a home where they encouraged me to find truth and, and have my heart reconciled. I know I did a lot of wrong things. So I just kind of walked that real quick, and I said, have you ever heard about this man, Jesus? And he said, well, no. Well, would you like to hear more? Yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's what we deal with, and that's what we're seeing. It's not just here. I know you can have some of those same conversations here. Just take a real quick picture of this. This is for those of you that like numbers. So uh, jump in if you like numbers. In one week in South Asia, 237,000 people. So just if you can do the mental math, 237,000 people. Their lives will end, and they will enter an eternity without Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's not total deaths. 237,000, that means in the 60 minutes that we are here together this morning, 1,411 people in South Asia will have moved from this life Hmm. to an eternity without Jesus Christ. That means in 29 hours, the population of Alvin would be erased. I know number. I mean, it's a big thing to just stop for a moment. There is a lot to do here. There is a lot. That's just South Asia. There's a lot to do around the world. And when we see people, we have conversations with people that have never even heard the name, mm. or there's such a distorted view of who Jesus is and the love. Revelation seven nine says that every nation, tribe, people, and language, the vision that John is that every nation, tribe, people, and language will be before the throne of God. And that's what we move forward. That's what we move to. That's the thing that propels us. That's the thing that moves us. That's the conviction is that we want to see every nation, tribe, people, and language hmm. worshiping Jesus Christ as the vision that we see in Revelation.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So there there is. There's a lot of work all around to be done. So that's good. So what do you what do you guys do? I mean, I know y'all have been there for a while, so I'm sure some roles have shifted <laughs> in just those years, and maybe even kind of post-COVID, maybe shifting a little bit. But what it, what's kind of day-to-day ministry looking like right now? Yeah,
2: so as you guys see the IMB International mission board, we're super excited to be able to say that's, that's who we, that's who we're with, because that means we're with you guys. Basically, there's six tasks that we do. It's called the core missionary tasks. So this just kind of help you think when you're sending your money, where is it going? What's happening with it? What are those people doing over there? We do entry, which means we try to find ways into people's lives, into communities, into provinces and villages, districts, whatever. We try to find how do we get into people's lives. We share the the story of Christ, evangelism. We tell people a story. We find ways to get the story, whether it's written or audible or whatever. Um, From there, we disciple those who come to know Christ, who become a follower of Christ. Then we help them create healthy churches. Then we help to train their leaders and then the one piece that a lot of times, you know, we we want to make sure that we don't forget, and that is we partner and we get out of the way. We The p- fancy name is we exit. <laughs> we, we move out of the way so that the national believers can take the church on the way that God has intended it to be. And so we're involved in all of those pieces in some form or fashion. The big team that Rebecca and I are on uh, is, is a team that helps to onboard uh, folks that are coming out, whether it's... Two weeks, two months, six months, a year, a career, they're coming out career, or it's a retiree that wants to come out and serve. So our team is, was small to that. We shared in the first service, we have a, a new piece, um, our entire South Asia Affinity will be getting together for a meeting next year. And we've been in South Asia record for 12 years now. This is the second time it's happened. So this is, for us, it's kind of like a once in a decade type of experience, and um, so somehow we got sucker punched in, I guess, to <laughs> take it on the logistics of making that that happen um, and working with a, a church that's providing all the volunteers. So it can be things like, are, are those things are onboarding. It can be logistic piece. It can be simply sharing the gospel when we get in, you know, jumping in a taxi, um, going to share with our neighbors, uh, trying to, we live in a place where there are some refugees. We're still trying to figure out how to get into their lives. Hmm. That'll be a, that's a precursor to the uh, one of the prayer requests. I guess later on is how do we get in the lives of refugees when we don't live the same life and we're not under the same scrutiny that they are. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, as far as ministry goes, that's that's a lot of, of where we're involved. Good. What so, you want to add anything to that? Okay. Yeah.
0: So um, you're the quiet one. <laughs> so what was what was COVID like for you guys? I mean, you know, and and of course here in America it was different. State to state and city to city, you know, based on different rules and regulations and things. But for you guys, like, bring us, bring us into your world of what it was like in South Asia dealing with the pandemic.
1: Um, like most of the world, everything shut down. I mean, schools went online. Um, everything, like, there was a point where you couldn't even leave the country, um, much less get in. And I mean, every thing went from, we live in a city of 15 million people and um, off the busiest road in the country. And so we can see the Skytrain and hear the traffic and it was deathly quiet. Mm. Um, So for the first several months, I guess, from April, May, I mean, everything was closed. Nothing was open except for grocery stores and hospitals and, I mean, livestock, just like it did here. but because COVID, uh, the pandemic was not doing as much, you know, like it was, cases were not bad. We, most things reopened in the fall. We had a slow reopening and, um, but we have had several close downs or lockdowns. Um, like currently when we left, we were in a, more of a close down, which has turned into a lockdown mm. um, where it's, where, where it was um, a year ago. So
0: oh, yeah. So 15 million people in your 15 city. 15 million people, yeah. people in our city. In just that's true.
1: small. To where
0: we were before <laughs> right. Yeah,
2: so. yeah. The city before that was 30 million. So we kind of feel like we've gone to a village. Yeah.
0: Because there's only 15 million now. <laughs> so if I uh, loosely, I think the state of Texas has about 32 million people. And of course, that's a big state for the U.S. So 15 million just in your city. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a that's a different world for us, isn't it? You know, so I mean, that's literally people kind of on top of people in a lot of ways, and then so we can see how the pandemic really has a an, has an effect there. So as we're talking about uh, you know missions and and coming out of Psalm 67, how God desires us to be a people who take the gospel to the nations, to see all people come to know Christ, the nations be glad, you know, and I think that's, I love the, the heart of that psalm, because the all the nations aren't glad right now, not all the peoples are praising God, so we see that missional emphasis there, so if we have a, you know, folks out here maybe feel called to international missions, or, you know, or, or want to just get more involved, like, how, what's some practical, kind of steps they might could take. If they say, you know I I want to get more involved in in doing this. uh, What what, what advice would you give them?
1: First and foremost is prayer. Um, It may seem like nothing, but the Lord hears the prayers of his people and um, just opportunities. And, I mean, I just can't tell you the number of things that have happened just because people have prayed. And people from this church have prayed for us and for... um, Example six years ago, we arrived in the U.S. to get a visa for a family of eight in a country that was denying visas left and right. Mm -hmm. And most people were doubtful that that would happen, but we all had visas when you know after a month, which is usually well, which was unheard of. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the ways you can pray Mm -hmm. for South Asia, if you go to your app store, look up Pray ASAP. SAP it's all one word and you will get a daily um, a daily scenario of a prayer request and then you swipe and then you'll have one of the almost 2,000 unengaged unenreached people groups which means there is no one not just us or our organization but no no one no organization is engaging these people in the gospel which means most likely they have never heard the name mm-hmm. of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that's the one way you can start to be involved.
0: Yeah, good. And that's so Pray ASAP. And Dax, you were telling me about it the other day, and I downloaded it. And it's an amazing app. And so I have a reminder set, 8, o, eight o'clock every morning, it, it, you know, dings time to pray. It just says time to pray, and then, you know, you click. So, right. so find that in any of your app store or Google Play. Just Pray ASAP. I think the, the, it's red. You it's kind of a
2: maroon. And it's like a, a maroon red one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a
0: great tool.
2: Simple way just to, to jump in and one of the things that we term that is it's just beginning to get your eyes turned to what God's doing in other nations So as you see people or folks are wanting to get involved, obviously the, the prayer huge piece One of the other things that we challenge folks is to become a pr- practitioner where you are Begin to make sure that your life is involved in sharing the gospel with people uh, There there's been and, and you know We did ministry in the States for over a decade here. Sometimes we just feel like, hey, you know, I'll just live my life in front of people. And one of the things that we say when folks come to South Asia is that just doesn't cut it. Like, you have to articulate the gospel. You have to be able to share this. And so I would encourage folks that are feeling called or wanting to get involved. Like, it's a command, though, for all of us, and that is to be a practitioner. Um, One of the things that we encourage our colleagues, and they encourage us and we're challenged to do, that is to make every conversation gospel-centric. Find a way to turn every conversation that you're in with somebody towards the gospel. It doesn't necessarily mean you get the whole gospel to them. Um, So we got out of quarantine. So when we came back to the States, we quarantined so that none of you guys would be nervous that we brought anything (laughs) over with us, so we quarantined. It was real tough. We had to stay at our in-laws' house. We had a backyard, which we don't have overseas, and kids got to play in the grass, and we just got to walk around. It was kind of fun. Um, so after quarantine, then we kind of went out, and so my oldest daughter and I, we were at um, the HEV here, just ran by to pick something up. I had no idea where to find it because I've only been in country like you know 14 days and clueless, and just asking well, what, okay, just like open a door for us, and so I have to find somebody to tell me where this stuff is. So she tells me, um, and we just my daughter and I just get into conversation with her, and within five minutes, like. She's inviting us to her house for a birthday party for her 24-year-old son's girlfriend, <laughs> all because she's from Turkey, and my daughter and I love my whole family. We all love Turkish food, also, all because of that. And and I'm looking at her like, you know, you just invited like eight of us. So I'm hoping this <laughs> is a pretty big party because if we roll up in there, like we're gonna either double or triple this thing really fast. So lo and behold, she did though because we begin to ask her about, like, faith and special things in her life, she brought us in, and we went over and spent, of course, you you know, like, Lee had invited us to come over that night um, and, you know, have smoked ribs, and I'm like, good night. So Rebecca and I are like, what do we do, man? Like, Lee's invited us over,
0: <laughs> smoked
2: ribs, you know. Okay, Turkish, fi- no, we are about it. But we said, of course, we have to go because God's opening this door right here. I mean, the unique thing, I was sharing with my older, one of my older sisters about this, and she said, you know, Kyle, what's crazy is that if somebody would have invited me over, I would have had every reason not to go. Like, I would have come up with a reason, like, oh, my calendar, I have to do this, or it's just said, but, like, you just erased everything, and this is not like a, hey, you guys did the right thing, we're not looking for anything, it was just, it was one of those things that we just recognize, like, God's opening a door here. So when you have gospel-centric conversations and you engage people in spiritual conversation, I know it's tough in the U.S., and I know there's a lot of things that we always put red flags up with, um, but people's lives begin to open up to you, and that's when it's really cool. That's when God begins to open doors. That's when we got invited right into the house, somebody we hadn't met. Believe me, and we're trying to get back over. She cooks really good, too, so that helps. But, But God opened the door. So become a practitioner. If you feel God calling you, if you feel that you are recognizing the commission that God has given you, practicing that, doing it, become a volunteer. Like, go and do some of these things. Uh, There's, Rebecca mentioned earlier in the first service, but Houston has one of the largest South Asian populations in the U.S. Hmm. Uh, About five or six years ago, I think, Rice did a study of course, you know, it's kind of like asking a Texan what's the best state. I mean, like, <laughs> duh, like, what's a proud Texan going to say? I mean, I know those you from Texas. We're still working on you to, to get that out. But, you know, <laughs> so Rice in Houston does this study and says that it is the most international city in the U.S., mm. um, that, that there are more people groups represented here than anywhere else. So to say that we don't have people groups around us is a little bit of a farce. So go, whether it's something quick here um, to reach into different communities, whether it's you going and, and start prayer walking your neighborhood. I mean, you even know the names of your neighbors, uh, much less have you tried to invite them into your own home and get to know them personally. Go into Houston, work with some ministers. I mean, we can recommend, you and I know some of the same guys mm-hmm. and, and families and ladies that work in those ministries. Consider going overseas. One of the key things, I think, also, to Lee, um, is... Is your ch- the church, the body here, discipling people to understand, discipling your brothers and sisters to understand God's love for the nations, whether those nations are here or they're overseas? And then we begin to ask people, what is God calling you to do? And are, are you guys ready as a as a church body to send people out? so just i'm watching time oh you're good i don't go over here but um with this big pandemic so many countries closed down Uh, last summer we were supposed to bring in about 40 to 50 folks to onboard them closed like that shut it down Uh, this january though we were actually able to send in nine six month well seven six month and two that were going for a year one of them, two, sorry, two, three of them were into a country that's a little dicey sometimes to get into. It's not that hard, but we can get them in there. But I had six of these folks that I said, okay, borders are shut everywhere. Here's your two options. Hmm. These two countries, and Rebecca mentioned earlier, Pakistan was one of them and Bangladesh was the other. Hmm. Now, as a grandparent, yeah. as a parent, how many of you guys are sitting there going, yeah, I think I'll send my <laughs> kid over to Pakistan. Yes, sign me up for that. Six of them said, send us to Pakistan.
0: Hmm.
2: And I'm thinking, wow, how many conversations am I going to have to have before I get the money? <laughs> how many times are Rebecca and I going to have to like answer all the questions? The amazing thing, though, is that God was already working in those families and I, I had one of the one of the gals is she was taking a semester off of school. And so she said, hey, can we, set up a, can we set up a video chat? Yeah, sure. Let's get on. And her parents are like, like, like you and I, they're sitting there with her. And I'm thinking, oh, man, this is about to be like, this is going to get <laughs> ugly. That's what I'm thinking. And dad and mom said, we trust her. She's following God. We're just here to help her, you know, along the way, whatever we can do to help her out. And they're like, of course, we have some parental questions, but we serve God. Like who are we to stop her? Yeah. So when does when, when do we as local communities of faith begin to call out and say, "Hey, what are you doing? What's God? What's He training you up for? How how are you responsible at the field where you are becoming a practitioner? Where are you going? If it's in the professional world, how are you going to use that for God's glory? When you buy a house, how does that honor the Lord's name? What are you going to do with that house? What with your own life? Mm-hmm. But that starts with people starting to go and, you know, come spend a couple weeks with us or let's get you into some places and stuff. So, so as you see that, but I'll I'll say those of you that are pillars of the faith here, my, my you know, Rebecca and I, our, our ask of you is to begin to disciple and help those folks that are wrestling with that call, nurture it and nourish when they're following the Lord. Help them begin to get, The big word we use, you know, when you start doing all that seminary stuff, get theology down because there is a huge gap of what the Bible teaches and what cultural Christianity in the States looks like. Um, and, And so there's, so I guess we need to provide somewhat of a summary there, but, you know, we talked about there was praying, getting involved, praying, go, and some of that going is right here around you, go into other cities, go overseas, Um, and begin to go to people and challenge them Mm. to be ones who are going to share the gospel with others who need to hear it. So we live in a a place, Rebecca mentioned earlier, there's 1,975 unreached and unengaged people groups. Mm. And to go back to your question, what propels us, why why go? There's almost 2,000 people groups that have no one evangelic not IMB, not Southern Baptist, but across multiple organizations doing anything. Wow, yeah. And so when is it our turn, when, when, it, when, it, when it's a kid uh, that's maybe in junior high, when it's a high school, when it's a college student, when it's a couple that's in their 20s, when it's a family that's in their 30s, when it's a, somebody's in their 40s, a retiree who says, I'm retiring, but I've still got, still got good tread on these tires. Man, what can I do to serve the Lord? You know, the, the family that picked us up in South Asia, um, they didn't go overseas till they were in their 30s. He, was a, he managed a call center in Florida, but God challenged him to go overseas. So they, he and his wife, out of the medical field, they quit their work and they moved overseas. So it's not just a bunch of, you know, 21-year-olds that are going. There's places like Rebecca mentioned, graduating college. You know, like, I don't know how many of you have grandkids or kids that are nearing the end of their collegiate career. You know, but how many of you have looked at them and said, "Would you consider going two years to serve before you begin your career here?" I mean, those are some questions that I think as a community of faith mm-hmm. that we need to be having with that. So there's a lot of ways. I Good. Hopefully that wasn't too terribly Yeah, no, no. I mean, you because know, the last one is the giving right. option, and I know you're going to hit on that a little bit.
0: So. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's some short-term mission trips you know, as far as week, two week long, or, you know, at least two weeks. Uh, then there's some semester long, month long. I know you, you mentioned first service, you did the journeyman program. So you, Rebecca, you want to say a little bit about uh, the journeyman program, which is a, is a neat program.
1: So I was actually here at Heights when um, I didn't do my first mission trip, so I was 24 years old, and that was as an adult sponsor with the youth here. And the Lord used that to... Capture my heart to see the lostness. And this trip was here in Texas and San Antonio. And after that, I had a restless feeling. And then just reading through the book of Isaiah, Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. And I just couldn't get that out of my mind. And I began exploring and um, knew friends from college that had done the Journeyman program, which is a two-year program for college graduates to go and serve. Um, and through other IMB missionaries who um, are associated with Heights, I started talking, and had, we had conversations. And I was actually slated to go to East Asia. And while I was there, at the um, you go to a conference where they do interviews and processing and all that, and you get to look at all the job requests, and that's what they call them. And you, I was reading through one, and I said, and the Lord said, "This is it, right here." And it was not for East Asia, it was to go to Southeast Asia, to the Philippines, and serve as a homeschool teacher for a family. And that was the most incredible experience of my life. And because of the way the Lord worked, I was able to watch, and this family loved on me, and I was able to watch them and um, the way that this mom loved on her family and kids and served. And that has propelled me, um, as I have, served as a mom and a wife on the field. Awesome. The Lord was preparing me ahead of time. The way I say it is that there was a need, and he just used me, put me there to actually pour, for her to pour into me to prepare me for later.
0: Yeah, great. Yeah, so there's there's all kinds of ways we can engage, you know. Uh, so good. So how can we pray for you guys in the in your next steps while you're still here on the state side or, or you know, transitioning back home soon, you know?
1: Well, our plan was we arrived um, beginning of June and was to go back mid-August, um, but the COVID situation in our country is escalating, and um, so now we are looking at possibly extending <laughs> for um, four to six weeks um, just to see where it is then, because we, um, with, especially with our youngest son um, who has Down syndrome, And all his therapies and stuff will Mm -hmm. um, have ceased to cease. And so that's the first for us personally.
2: Another personal, as we're walking through our time here in the States, it's been four and a half years since we've really spent much time here. Uh, We're walking through things with our family, extended family. We've had our term, our adjective for this past term was stressful. It's probably the most stressful uh, four and a half years I've ever spent overseas, and we've had some crazy, crazy experiences. Uh, but one of those, one of the elements, we, we lost four family members that were relatively close to our family in the sense of like mom, brother, you know, and, mm-hmm. and grandmother, and, and things like that. And um, so, just being here, being present, that we can do that, that we can be with our family, we're catching up with where they've been, you know, and so that's definitely a process. So, just as we see that, we watch what's going on back home to figure out how we navigate those waters and we think ministry just borders are still closed and we still need people to get in um the cases the situation overseas has not dwindled uh like it has in other places around the world and and that you know being a believer in christ doesn't mean that you're somehow immune to this um and so we're seeing fellow believers you know lose their lives through Mm -hmm. things like this and so, heart is really burdened for that. And of course, you think about the numbers we mentioned earlier. Um, so, brain for us, as we think through how we can be a part while we're here, then um, as we prepare um, to go back. But for your brothers and sisters in the faith that are dealing with what they're going through and not necessarily have all the resources uh, for, for anything, you know food, water, all that kind of stuff too. So yeah. we, would, we would cherish those. And, you know, I, I think Rebecca and I would ask that you would continue to pray that God would call out his laborers, mm-hmm. you know, um, that people would, would hear that call and that they would be in communities of faith, churches, congregations, that would celebrate, encourage, and take on the responsibility of helping that person or that couple or that family prepare to go. Yeah, overseas and to get ready
0: good so i think that was five but no that's good that's good we didn't have a limitation yet. that's all right <laughs> we we got some some ways to pray and if i invite you guys back over for ribs you know maybe whatever country person you're going to meet next time hey we haven't so. had a
2: texas invite yet
0: so <laughs> ribs is great right <laughs> that My was the been cooking up a storm for that me. was the best call kyle was like um we can't come over we we met somebody from turkey and we're going over to their house i was like I was like, that is one of the more unique declines I've ever gotten before. That's not
2: actually the way that I said that. Like, don't you love how pastors just kind of like stretch? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. no, that was the end of it, though. It was, hey. Yeah,
0: it was good. I was glad you guys got to go. That was, I mean, and you know, it, it, the grocery store ministries. You know, you use the term first service, of prayer walking the grocery stores, yeah. which where we, I think, we can learn that those things were in just common places. Like we think about engaging in missions and gospel work is just, is, you know, common areas. Like, yeah, prayer walk your grocery store. I mean, you know, that, that's a great thing. So, I, I pray uh, every red light, I stop and pray. So, if I'm at a red light, I stop and pray for things that are on my heart and mind. So, I call it my my red light ministry. You know, it makes you not ran so many red lights, by the way. So, if you're like, oh, it's red light, I got I to gotta <laughs> pray. <laughs> so, uh, we'll get, well, let me close this in prayer as we get started to uh, toward our invitation. Father, I thank you for Uh, the Sharps. I thank you for their family. Uh, Lord, I thank you for just the way you have used them to uh, help fulfill Psalm 67. Uh, Lord, to see the nations be glad in you. I thank you for this church and the way they pray, the way they support financially. Uh, Lord, that let that be our desire to see the nations uh, be glad in you, God, to see every man, woman and person on this earth worshiping you, uh, Father. And I just, I thank you for the dedication of this church to get the gospel out. And, and we pray for their family that, um, Lord, as they are here, they can enjoy that time together. And, Lord, we pray for open borders and open doors so they can, they can get back home and where you've called them specifically to be right now. And we pray you bless their ministries. And, and Lord, um, as Dax mentioned, we just pray for a, a calling in all of our lives Help us to realize that we are called people. And maybe it is being sent into a school. It's being sent into a job. It's being sent into our homes and a neighborhood. You are calling us. Help us to find where you want us to be, doing exactly what you want us to do uh, to bring more people into the kingdom. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. I want to thank you for watching today's message and simply ask you this question. Have you made the most important decision you've ever had to make in your life? You know, I know you've probably made a lot of important decisions. You've decided who to marry. Maybe you've decided what town to live in, where to buy a house, where to go to college. Maybe a job to take or to leave. But have you made an eternal decision? Because the Bible says that's the decision you have to make. And it's a decision of whether or not you're going to follow Jesus Christ as the personal Lord and Savior of your life. You know, I made that decision at the age of 14. Just one night in my bedroom, I came to know Jesus Christ as the personal Lord and Savior of my life. I'd grown up going to church all my life, but I'd yet to place my faith and trust in Him until that night, right there in my bedroom, I trusted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And so I would encourage you to do that today right where you are. You know, there's a verse in the book of Romans that I just absolutely love. It's Romans chapter 10 in verse 13 where it says whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And just think about that for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That doesn't matter if you've ever been to church in your life or you've grown up in church or you've never been it doesn't matter what you have done whoever calls on the name of Jesus Christ will be saved. So I want to encourage you just right now where you are if you're ready to become a follower of Jesus Christ, would you bow in prayer with me and just pray, Dear God, today I'm ready to trust Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I am calling on Jesus to save me. Thank you, God, for doing that. Uh, Friend, I want to thank you today for praying along with me. And I want to encourage you to take the next step, which is to let us know, let us know that you've prayed to be a Christian today so we can follow up with you, counsel you, talk with you more about that, pray, see if you have any questions, and just help you take that next step of faith. You can go to our website, heightschurch.org, slash connect. You can leave a comment here on our YouTube page as well, and we'll be in touch with you. So thank you for watching today's message, and I hope you have a great week.